Isn't it ridiculous? When you, when you take the word and then you apply it, I know reading it, I grew up in church and I'm going to muck and you guys can sit down or you can stand. If you just want to keep basking, you're fine. I can still preach with you sitting or standing. It don't matter. <laughs> but how many when, like when I got saved, let there be light. <laughs> Good job. I began to open up the word and, and before it didn't make sense. But then that Holy Spirit came into my life and it started to just come alive. And I knew like, I don't know how I knew. I guess the Holy Spirit knew. He's our teacher, right? He kind of taught me that I got to just, I got to apply what I'm reading. And as I started doing that, I seen the power of the gospel. You hearing me? You can read it and it's powerful, but you won't see the power of the gospel until you apply it. That's where the miracles come. That's where the, the action steps of faith. When, it, when is faith? You could say you have faith, but faith is when you jump off of the bridge. Right? And he says, take the jump. I'm going to catch you. Oh, I believe, Lord. I believe. I don't even have to do it. I would just believe. You can tell me you believe all you want until you jump. I don't buy it. There's the action of faith. There's the action of applying the word of God. And this is the beauty and the power is in the application. It will totally wreck your life in a great way. Jesus goes through a list on the Sermon on the Mount, and it is so counterculture, it's ridiculous. He is shaking the tree and messing up people's thoughts and all the things they've heard. He is totally okay with messing with that. He is so comfortable in that. He's way more comfortable than, it, than I am. And I'm getting comfortable. <laughs> I wrestled with them for quite a while on some of these, and I thought at some point I would win. Like, I can get out of actually ministering on this one part. We can just go to this. And no, no, we're not going to do that, he said. We're, you're going you're gonna to go through this like I did. Okay. So how many of you have realized that with Jesus in this journey, what he thinks has is, is been a lot different than what we've thought? Right? Even though we know the word, even though we've read it, when you really get behind, what, where does his heart behind it? Because it's not just the letter of the law. He's going to the heart of the word. That's what he's dealing with. He goes to the heart. And when we get to that heart part of it, oftentimes it's different than the letter of the law. Right? So this week's message title is Eyes, Teeth, Cheeks, and Coats. <laughs> Eyes, Teeth, Cheeks, and Coats. Okay, you've probably never heard that title before. Neither did I. <laughs> uh, we've been, Jesus has been really shaking up people's thoughts on anger. You know, he's saying, you've heard it said, but I say. If you've had hatred or anger towards your brother, it's the same as murder. You've heard it said, but I say. If you've lusted after a woman or a man, it's the same as adultery. Like, that's not really exciting news for a lot of folks. He, he really straightens out divorce and, and gives you the heart of why it even happened. He's really bringing us to the point of what um, oaths, how important they are, right? Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And now he comes to, to me, um, probably one of the most controversial things that could have been happening in that day. To, and really, when, it, when we read it and we really apply it, it, it messes with us. Is this, it's, it's the... The eyes, the teeth, the cheeks, and the coats. See, it was a law that the Jews had um, taken, which was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And they be, it became what was called the lex talionis. 
and it was the law of retaliation. So this law was found in Exodus chapter 21, 23, and 25. I'm going to give you a little history, and then we're going to get in, jump into it. It was also found in Levit Leviticus 24, 18 through 20. It was instituted to prevent a person from taking the law into his own hands. How many know that's a good thing? <laughs> it was instituted in an effort to avenge himself. Like people would, something would happen, they would just take the law in their own hands and avenge themselves. So how many know like that's what our culture today says we should do, right? So we're not a whole lot different. In the culture of the surrounding nations in that time of Moses, vengeance usually meant taking a life for an eye, taking a life for a tooth. Like that was accepted. Someone did something to you and you might lose your eye. I'm going to avenge myself. Like I'm not going to take their eye. I'm done with them. Kill them. They knock my tooth out. Kill them. Like we see that today, right? I mean, it's, it's our, our mindset. And, and I have to say, I was very guilty of this in the, in the past and before Christ, especially like um, it seemed normal to me. If someone was to smack me across the face, you know, I should hit them as hard as I can so that they'll never think to do that again. It just made sense. It was wrong. But that's basically what they're saying. Like, okay, this happens. Well, do whatever you got to do so that don't happen again, right? Like, kind of makes sense in the, you know, natural. So this was what was going on. So God brings this law and... It was supposed to bring the situation to a realm of justice, not revenge. See, God was bringing an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, so that there would be justice, not revenge. How many know, like, the word revenge sounds horrible when you say it, but when it's in your hands to do, it doesn't necessarily sound so bad. See, God's purpose and heart behind the law was an expression of mercy. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. It sounds different, huh? We, we just hear it the same way it's always been, that it's revenge. That wasn't God's purpose for this law. It was for mercy. See, this law was given to judges, and it was said to make the punishment fit the crime. This law was given to the judges, not to everybody else. It wasn't so that each person decided on themselves, well, where's the law to meet the crime here? It's, it was given to the judges so that when people would bring a dispute or would bring something to me saying... An eye for an eye, a tooth for two should bring justice. How many know if we, if they, if they literally applied the, the, the words, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, there would be a whole nation of blind people and toothless people. <laughs> right? If they literally applied eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, they would all be blind and toothless and missing limbs or hands or, it's a beautiful picture, ain't it? So it, was, it wasn't a guide for personal revenge. There was provisions, which, they don't, which you don't see. Is there was provisions for monetary payment, and this was in the law, for monetary payment for the lesser punishments under certain circumstances. So it was in the eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, that the judges could determine that, say I was working on a job site and I was swinging a hammer and the hammer slipped out of my hand and, it went and hit some dude in the eye and he lost his eye. It wasn't mandatory that they would come then and, okay, we're going to take a hammer and pow, pop your eye out. They would really literally go and, and what would be fair to that individual say, well, what would be a fair recompense? Like, what would be a fair price? Like, 
six oxen, four, four, 14 donkeys, some sheep. Like what would be a, and they do that today, right? In our justice system, what would be a, a monetary payment that would cover that? So that would be just, it would be fair. That was provided. Nor did the law rule out the possibility of forgiveness. That was an option. When you hear the, the law of the lex talionis, there's no spot of mercy or forgiveness or any of those things. There's just, and the, and the, the people of that day jumped all over. Eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. Eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. Revenge, retaliation. I'm justified in my retaliation. We like that. Don't we? Am I the only one that's honest? <laughs> no, some laughing. Laughter usually means there's some truth. <laughs> Therefore, the law was not simply a law of revenge. Its purpose was justice. But it did not imply that every wrongdoing should be offset by a comparable retaliation. In fact, if we look at the whole law, the law taught that vengeance belongs to God, right? This was also in the law. Vengeance belongs to God. How many know, like, we, God's the same. Like, when we, we don't often look at the Old Testament as God being merciful. We view the Old Testament God as this God who's just, like, flowing bolts of lightning and smoking fools, right? I mean, that's just what we look like. This God was no joke. Don't mess with him. And that's for real, but he hasn't changed. I don't recommend messing with him now. Like, it's probably not a good thing. His wrath is still his wrath. And I want no part of it. But we tend to see this, this picture of this Old Testament God. You have people, I don't, even, I don't even read the Old Testament. Like, we're not about that. You know, God's different now. Like, that's not who my God is. He's the same. He hasn't changed. But if we look at the Old Testament, you're going to see a whole lot of mercy, too. You're going to see a whole lot of mercy in God in the Old Testament. God is still just. Yes, we, we, we just see this New Testament Jesus who just is, oh, and he does love us, and I'm so grateful for it. And it's ridiculous and overwhelming, and it's not deserved. But he's still just. And we have a New Testament Jesus. I don't know if you're aware of this, but when you read the book of Revelation, he's coming and there's fire in his eyeballs. And there's a sword that comes out of his mouth. And he's riding on a horse that's coming down. And he is coming to take care of some business, church. And I'm very grateful because justice is going to be served. He's the same. So in looking at this, we have to look at all of the law in the context. And that's what Jesus is doing. See, the, the, the Jewish people and the, the leaders had taken a, a section, a portion, out of context. And built this whole thing. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. And Jesus is saying, yeah, that's true. But let's look at the heart behind it. Let's look at, let's look at that in the context of all the rest of the Old Testament. Amen? So I'm choosing this verse because it's, it's out of Romans, but it's bringing the heart of, the, of Deuteronomy 32, 35, which is vengeance, vengeance is mine. Let's look at Romans chapter 12, 19 and 21. Beloved. That's you and that's me. Isn't that good news? Be loved. Never. Everyone say never. Never. You know what never means? Never. never. You can't confuse that word, right? You can never confuse the word never. Like, is there a possibility? Never. But what about this situation? Never. It's like your yes be yes and no be no, right? When are we to avenge ourselves? Never. But who do we leave it to? 
Not just to God, to the wrath of God. You know what that tells me? If I leave it to him, I'm in really good hands. Like, I have a level of wrath, and I mean, it's a pretty good wrath. I mean, I've got to say, um, <laughs> in the old past, I mean, that old wrath is pretty gnarly. But that wrath compares nothing to God's wrath. Like, he will take care of me. How many know if you have a son or a daughter and someone does them wrong? Oh, there's some wrath. There's going to be some wrath. And guess what? My daddy loves me. My daddy loves you. And when things are done wrong, because he loves us, he believes in justice also. He doesn't lower his love when he brings justice. It's still there. He doesn't change any of that stuff. It's full. And when he does it, he does it good. So we can... Trust and never take an avenge. Let him do it. Because when he does it, oh, he, he does it really good. Like, I might smack you. He'll hit you with a two-by-four. Right? That's just, that's just how he does it. You will know you've been dealt with. He says, for it is written, vengeance is mine, and I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by, for by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. First point of the message, and you will get out on time, the first service did, unless you guys don't receive quick enough and then it's on you. <laughs> first point, Jesus attacks, and I use these words very particularly, Jesus attacks the misapplication of the law, lex talionis. He comes at this misapplication of the law full force. And he says, you have heard it said, but I say, and I'm putting in these notes, this is where Jesus goes next level on as you've heard it said, but I've said. And he's been hitting it pretty hard, but this is where he goes like, and he just messes with a bunch of folks. And he messes with me and he messes with you in this whole text of scripture. He's going to challenge you. See, he's saying that if someone slaps you across the face, and he's telling this to these folks. And in that culture, that is the biggest, the most uh, dishonoring thing that you could do to, to a man. It was more dishonoring to, to slap him and to backhand him than it was to punch him. Because the, the backhand it implied that you were above them. That you, like masters would do that to slaves. And in that culture, they knew if, if someone backhanded someone like that, another man, you could go to court and be sued because you were dishonoring their character. It was, it was one of the most, like, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> like, that would be like, everyone would go, oh, oh, my gosh, it just got real. Jesus challenges them because they know all of that. That's the most offensive thing that, that could be done is attacking someone's honor. How many of us like that? We like our honor attacked. Like, I mean, that's really probably one of the most, when you've been like doing your best and all that stuff and someone just attacks and says, you know, you know you haven't lied about it. You have, you have, and they attack that and say, oh yeah, you're a total liar. You're doing, oh, you want to talk about rage, right? right? I mean, it just makes me, oh. Yeah. So Jesus really goes next level and says, turn your other cheek. Now, in the scenario, he says, if you were to be backhanded on the right cheek, so when that happens, you can't be backhanded again on, that, on the other cheek. It's not possible. So the only other way to be, have another shot taken is that it goes from they backhanded to turn the other cheek, give them the other one, 
The only way to get hit would be to get punched because this side is that way. How are you gonna do it? No. Jesus is literally saying, this goes next level. They backhanded you a slap, give them a full shot. I don't know about you, this is where me and Jesus have, we, we, we come to a, a meeting and we go, I don't, I don't like this, I don't get this, and, and you have to be wrong about this. I could probably, in my strength, backhand, okay, I didn't do nothing, we're good. I got serious problem with now giving my cheek, like, take the full shot, take another one, thank you, may I have another? <laughs> I don't like that. Oh, he doesn't stop there. He's not like, you know, that was a pretty big blow, I think I'll just, I'll give him a relax now. He says, oh, by the way, somebody uh, wants to sue you, take your, take your cloak or your tunic, go and give them your coat too. Now, in that culture, they knew that it was not possible. The, 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 no one could demand your coat. I don't care how much you didn't pay back. I don't care how in debt you were. It was not possible. Like the, the, no law, no judge would say, give up your coat. Because that's cold there. That was like the one piece of clothing that it was your blanket in the wintertime. But you could be, they could take your home. They could take everything else. They can't take your coat. Jesus, is, he's speaking to them, messing with them, hardcore. And he's messing with us. He says, they want it, somebody wants to, as, if you want to be my follower... They sue you for your shirt, give them your coat. The, the one thing that they had no legal right to, yeah, that's what I want you to give them. We sing this song, I surrender. It's such a beautiful song. I want to know you more. Do we? Because <laughs> this guy will tell you to turn the other cheek. Give him your coat. Go another mile. In that culture, they hated Romans. They hated, the Jews hated Romans. The Romans had inflicted on them that at any time, a Roman could tell a Jewish citizen or anybody for that matter, if a soldier was carrying his pack and all his gear, or they were transporting like weaponry or just food and provisions, if they came across someone and you had a couple oxen and a wagon or, and they decided like, we need it, unload your stuff, load our stuff, legally, they can make you go a mile. Jesus is not even dealing with any of that and says, you know what? If that ha and tell them, how excited are you about that? You got plans. Your wife said you're supposed to be home at five. And we know what happens when, you know, they're going to, well, you're messing around. Here you go again. You were probably out talking. No, for real. That Roman soldier, he put me into, <laughs> might try that one. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not excited about that. Jesus says, go ahead and give him an extra mile just on you, just because. They are not liking this. 
He says, when someone asks to borrow money from you, and here's where it really hits us. Like, you might have been okay with some of that, and then we get to this one, and at some point, you're offended. Right? There's a lot of folks offended at Jesus. I want you to give it to him. He didn't say, go do a credit check history on him. He didn't say, like, all the things that I want to look at and be like, but you know, like, that dude is driving a better car than I am. Like, I told a homeless guy one time, it was the truth at the time. This guy was at a McDonald's down in Sacramento, and we were surveying, and man, I was in debt up to my ears. And the guy's asking me for, like, a couple bucks, and I said, you know what, tell you the truth, I think you probably, you're in better shape than I am. And he went, what? I said, you should be giving me money. He just looked at me, what? I said, dude, I own a house. I got car payments. I got, I'm in debt up to my ears. You don't even have a house payment. You don't have a car. You, you should be giving me money. He just like shook his head and walked away. <laughs> it's like, this guy's nuts. But it was probably the truth at that moment. I wasn't, I'm not saying that was the biblical thing to do. I'm just sharing. <laughs> Jesus will ask you to give. And it's not up for debate. Because he believes that, like what we talked about, we, when we come to him, we say, I surrender. Even our pocketbooks. Yes. Now, that's not the prosperity gospel most of you hear. He's not concerned about you becoming rich. He's real concerned about you doing what he says. And he's not against money. He just knows it's not going to make you happy. If you're not able to give a little bit, you're, not, you're really not going to give a lot. Jesus isn't contradicting the law. We often think, oh, he's, you've heard it said, but I say, he's not contradicting the law of the Old Testament. He's showing that it had been taken out of context. Because there was a lot of mercy written in the Old Testament. A lot of mercy. Let's look at some of it. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself I am the Lord. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 25, 21 and 22. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. You remember in the Old Testament, um, I believe it was this, um, Elijah was, uh, the king, Ahab, I think it was Ahab, was trying to capture Elijah. And I didn't share this with the first server, it just popped in my mind, so bear with me. I might not have every detail perfect, but I think we're on the right track. He's trying to capture the prophet. And every time Ahab or this king's trying to capture Elijah, they send troops out. But Elijah, God's showing Elijah. Elijah's like not where he's supposed to be, right? So finally comes down and, and the, the, the army surrounds where Elijah's at. And the, the servant of Elijah comes and he says, Oh, my Lord, Master, we're surrounded. There are soldiers on the mountaintops. We're completely surrounded. We're doomed. And Elijah just does like this nonchalant. At least I pictured. He just kind of just, like, what's the big deal? Rolls out and just takes a look, comes back in, prays, Lord, open my servant's eyes. He ain't seeing what I'm seeing. What is he seeing? It's angels, an army, heaven's army surrounding them. Yeah. And Elijah's not too concerned. So much so that he, Elijah just says, blind him, Lord. He does the poof stuff. <laughs> They're blinded. He leads them all the way to the king of Israel. And they go, what should we do? They, they this blew my mind. Like, I would have been like, 
off with their heads. Like, thank you, Lord, delivered to me, let's kill them. You know what they did? They prepared a feast. They must have read this. They didn't, they didn't pull on the eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Here's our opportunity for revenge. For when you do that, when you give to the thirsty, when you give water to drink, and you feed your hungry, he says, you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. I say amen to that part. And I, I went for a, a season working in the jewelry business, and I put this verse, just, just really the burning coal part, um, <laughs> up where the customers couldn't see it. But every once in a while, you deal with some cantankerous folks, and... Um, I had this little, I would look at that, and I would be so nice. I would be so nice, because in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm heaping burning coals on your head. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it was like my, I was like, oh, I'm going to be so stinking nice. Like, I, you're gonna, I'm going to watch you catch fire. <laughs> I just, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it does not work that way. I so wanted it to work that way. Um, it doesn't. God knows our heart. But I will say, when we don't do it that way, and we do turn the other cheek, and we do go that extra mile, he will heap burning coals on their head. Yes. It will happen, and you won't be, like, celebrating about it. Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 30 and 31. Let him give his cheek to the one who strikes, and let him be filled with insults. That's mercy, for the Lord will not cast off forever. That word cast off in a lot of other translations will say, for the Lord will not abandon forever. He won't abandon us. I love the psalmist. I love David. You, you'll hear such a range of emotions from David. You read the psalms. I was listening to the psalms this morning, and you just see these cycles of he's, God is a mighty God, and he's the greatest, and he's merciful and all loving. And then five, six verses later, why have you forgotten me? Where are you? And then five or six verses later, you're amazing, God. You never fail. You're, I'm like, that's the truth. Like, that's the journey we are on. And uh, he doesn't cast off forever. He does not abandon us. There's times that we, he knows what we can take. He knows that we got to go through some fire once in a while to get purified. We got to go against some resistance to get strength. Somehow or another, the Western culture church thinks that we get saved and it's a country club. It's not a country club. It's never been a country club. You get saved and you sign up for war. You're supposed to, like when you get saved, get armament. It's not to decorate your walls. It's not like, oh, there's a cool looking sword. It's, no, it's like you wear it and you use it. You have a helmet for a reason. There's an enemy who wants to take out your head. You have to wear a belt of truth to hold up all the other gear. It's better be founded in truth. You got to wear a breastplate of what? Is it yours or his? I want his because mine sucks. I need his breastplate of righteousness. I need his helmet of salvation. I need my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel so that I can dig into the ground and take a stand. I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. To empower me for that day. 
To have that gifting come in and hear that prophetic word. To have the discernment that the Lord wants to show me. To give me a prophetic utterance to build up my brother and sisters around me. Because we're in a fight. What God designed as a system of justice with mercy had been distorted into a license for revenge. It was this misapplication of the law that Jesus attacked. Point two, it's more blessed to give than to receive. How many know that? How many love Christmas for that reason? Right? I love Christmas. That We get to make, get presents and we get to give them to people and watch kids open them up. It's like, yes. We have a swimming pool and I like the swimming pool for that same reason. Growing up, we didn't have a pool. And I love to swim. So when I see kids come to our house, I love to sit there, even teenagers. I love to just watch people enjoy that pool. It, may, it brings me joy. It would stink if, like, I have a pool and, every, like, can we come? Nope, you can't swim in my pool. It's my pool. How good's that? It's better to give than to receive, right? Amen. Do you feel like you're setting yourself up? You might be. <laughs> so Jesus gives the most offensively, to me, the most offensively radical response to injustice. Right? It's, in, it's injustice. He says, turn the other cheek. See, the culture of that day, they did not, they really didn't like what Jesus was saying. How much you know? They hated Rome. In their mind, they're looking for a Messiah to overthrow Rome. That's what they're looking for. They are waiting for this king to come and stick it to the Roman government and free them and overthrow them. And they're thinking, this might be him. And then he goes and says, turn the other cheek. Go a second mile. They are not happy about this. They didn't want a Messiah who would turn the other cheek. They wanted a leader to revolt against Rome. They wanted R&R. &R. They wanted Satan's R&R. &R. Do you know what it is? This is from the Holy Spirit. There's another R&R, &R, and it's the God's R&R. &R. But Satan's R&R &R is revenge and retaliation. That's what they wanted. Revenge and retaliation. And I'm here, I'm checking myself. Anytime I'm starting to respond in revenge or retaliation, I know I am not in the right spirit. That is not the spirit of God. That is the spirit of Satan. That is a demonic spirit. And I do not want to give any area of my life to the demonic spirits to entertain them. So revenge and retaliation, that's Satan's R&R. And he is just fine with you resting there and hanging out there. Jesus is saying to demand one's rights. He's saying demanding your rights is not a man, uh, divine manifestation. <laughs> He's really saying that. It's not a divine manifestation to demand your rights. Like I can demand my rights without any divine inspiration. But it is a divine inspiration and a divine manifestation to give them up freely. Amen? Do you naturally do that? Can you naturally do that? Nope. Good, I don't feel so bad. Jesus is saying this in a nutshell, this whole last point. It's more important to give justice and mercy 
than it is to receive it. Amen. It's a lot more important to give justice and mercy than it is to receive it. How many, I, I hear people say this once in a while, and I just shriek every time I hear it. They, I hear people say, I just want what I deserve. <laughs> Do you really? Because I sure don't. We do not know what we're saying when we say we want what we deserve. I have a right to this. My right was to go to hell. That's the right I earned because I violated all those laws. I stuck it the middle finger to the Lord and said, I want nothing to do with you. I don't care what you have to say. I'm going to do my thing. The wages of sin is what? That means you earn them. You worked for them. The gift of God, eternal life. eternal life. There's grace there. I want grace and mercy. Amen. I want that. I don't deserve it, but I want it. Amen? Amen? So I should give it. Yes. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And I'll tell you, when you start becoming more concerned about, am I being just in my decisions? Am I giving mercy? When you start really concerning yourself with that, you will be so concerned with that, you won't even notice that it's not happening to you in return. I'm preaching to myself too, okay? <laughs> point three, and we're going to close. This is a very short point. This is where I got my biggest amens. If I told the first service, if you guys are here after your time, it's not my fault. It's you, you didn't listen quick enough. Point three, Jesus invites us out of our natural ability into his supernatural. Some of you might be figuring this out. I did very quickly in this one. I cannot do this. It is not possible. And, you know, we're right in our own strength. It is impossible. You might be able to do one of them. You will not do that list. You won't. It can't happen. So is Jesus like just twisted? Is he just like twisted? He's like, I'm just going to throw a bunch of stuff out there, tell them they got to do it, and they can't. Knowing, I know you can't do it. This is what I want you to do. I'm not that type of father to my kids. Like, I don't expect my son, like, son, I need you to go up, up the hill, up in the mountains, go cut me 10 cords of wood, take my truck, my chainsaw, um, get all that done, and get it back here and split that up. That ain't going to happen. That's not possible for them. But here's what I would expect, and I can do. I can tell them that and say, and I'm going to go with you. And I'm going to do it with you. Guess what can happen then? Those boys could cut 10 cords of wood. They can get a truck up that mountain. They can get that chainsaw fired up. They can get that wood split. But they won't do it in their own strength. And he's not messed up in the head just trying to tell you to do things that you can't do. He knows the only way it will happen is when you step out of your ability, out of your strength, out of the best you can bring, and you lay that all down, and you step into his ability. Amen. And you step into his supernatural ability. That's good news. It's bad news when you know you can't do it. That message just sucks when it's... That's how I was like, there's no way I can do that. What are you asking me? Very simply, he's saying, step out of yourself. Step into me. 
Like, this is so fun. Verse 40. He's asking us to give up our rights. Fun. Let them have your cloak as well. But they don't have a right to my jacket. It's not legally... I didn't ask if they have a legal right. I'm saying let go of your rights. You want to follow me? That's that cross Jesus is saying. You want to be my disciple? Pick up your cross and follow me. 41. You're invited to surrender your freedom. I don't want to go on that second mile. I don't even want to go on the first mile. They don't have a right to ask me to do that. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. You want to surrender your freedom? Verse 42. <laughs> you're, you're invited to surrender your prosperity. Oh! That is... That dog doesn't hunt very well in this day and age in the prosperity gospel time. There's nothing wrong with, with prospering. There's nothing wrong with working hard and building a business or, or be accumulating wealth as long as it is at his disposal. As long as, because it's all his. Whether you have a little bit or you have a lot, if it's all his, it's all good. And he's so good when you use well, when you're a good steward, what will he do? Pour out more. So if you are mad about folks who have more, steward what you have well. And maybe he'll give you more. But if you don't steward well what you have, I can guarantee you, he's not going to give you more. So all money does is, money and alcohol are kind of similar. <laughs> Hear me out. Whatever is inside, if I'm really angry and I drink a bottle of whiskey, what's going to happen? Intensified. If you're a jerk and you have lots of money, you're a lot bigger jerk. All it does is just make whatever is there bigger and more. That was for free, not even in my notes. We're turning the corner into something that to me is the most important part of this whole message. It's when we go the second mile, that's when we step into the supernatural. I've learned with the Lord, hearing the message is, is one thing. But when you want to walk and experience the supernatural realm of God, it's in that second mile that it happens. It's in that slap across the face and you're able to turn the other cheek. Now I want us to clarify, nowhere is God saying that you're supposed to be a punching bag. Jesus wasn't some wimp or some sissy lala. He did make a whip and drive out every single person in the temple. They all left. They, you guys know how Jews are with money. They left the money. They exited quickly. They did not concern themselves. They were out. He's not saying, like, you just um, should be getting beat up and just take one for the team every day. Just keep getting your tail kicked. I would just say, in the instructions that he has, says to turn the other cheek, okay, offer the other one. Now, I have no instructions after that. I'm just saying. Like, it seems to me like he leaves it up to me at that point. <laughs> Son, you've done what I've asked. 
figure it out. All I know is someone's going to slap me across my face, and then they're going to punch me, and I'm not okay with that after that. I'm like, that needs to stop. Is that fair? You don't have to be a punching bag. But you do have to let the Holy Spirit reside inside of you and go into that supernatural place that when someone smacks you across the face, it's not an automatic reaction that you're taking their head off so that they don't ever try it again. Because it's in that second mile that God's supernatural work gives an opportunity for him to step into that situation. And I've seen that happen many, many, many times. It's in that second mile that when that soldier tells you to go or someone asks something of you that's like ridiculously over the top and it's not fair and it's not justifiable and then you take it to the next level and go a whole nother mile just to bless them. It's in that second mile that God does some supernatural work inside of their heart. He does something and they go, what is this? This is a crazy kind of love I've never seen before. I've never experienced anything like that and God's doing something inside of them. That's what I know. See, when we step into the supernatural, now God can do something. When I get out of myself and I go, I can't do that, and I step into the second step of that supernatural second mile, whatever it might be, now he's able to do something. I have taken my hands off of it. I'm saying, this is your realm. I don't know where, I don't even know what it looks like, but I'm going to take a step into it. And as you do, he shows up. And he may even use it to bring God's R&R. How many want to know what that is? Remember what Satan's R&R was? So God wants us to go into that second mile so he can bring out his R&R. Repentance and restoration. It's that supernatural work. Otherwise known as repentance and restoration is known as what? Salvation. It's a whole other word for salvation, repentance and restoration. When we take that slap across the face and we offer up, give me your best shot. And you don't retaliate in the natural realm, the supernatural shows up. And God will do a work in that individual. When you take that pack a second mile, when you give and you know, like, you probably got more money than I do. Here you go, I'm going to bless you. Oh, the burning coals. Oh, the heart stuff that God, the supernatural stuff that happens that we can't do. We take our hands off and we say, God, you, you do that. It's your business. It's your work. And he does that restoration and repentance and brings salvation from it. That's his heart. You're getting out five minutes early. Now, this part wasn't in my notes. As I printed the message and was done. I was just kind of meditating on it for a couple days. The Lord began to take me to this whole area, which is a beautiful, beautiful area. How many of you know that it's a lot, e- at least for me anyways, it seems a lot easier. You can come up and play if you want or whatever you'd like to do. Um, to take, sometimes to take these applications outside the home. How many of you know it's, it's sometimes it's a lot easier to apply this to people that aren't really close to us? Is that fair? Because, well, it must be because the Lord told me to share with you, and he put me in the mix too. He said, it would be really cool if you would, if you would do this in your homes. Yeah, that's 
See, it's one thing to, to go outside, and, and, and we need to do that, but if you really want to learn how to do it and be, like, masterful, <laughs> like, with your spouses, what if, like, you came home and maybe they weren't having the greatest day and they responded a certain way and you didn't just, like, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. I got a law for that. Like, you were a to me, so to you. How's that working out? But what if you turned the other cheek and allowed the supernatural to start taking place in your home? What if they asked something of you that was like, are you serious? You know, you know how hard I've been working? You know what? And you go, I can do that and watch this. I'm going to do the dishes too and vacuum. My mom's all, that was supernatural, miraculous stuff if you're doing that. <laughs> it doesn't pay to have your mom in the congregation. <laughs> Bad enough, I got a daughter and a wife. <laughs> Sister, good Lord. <laughs> Think I'll be held accountable? <laughs> I see dishes in my future. Oh. <laughs> uh. But what if we did that in our homes? What if we applied his word and this message at home? I will guarantee you, when you can master it in the home, it will become natural outside the home. When you can do it with the folks that have probably bugged you a little more than some of the other ones, or that have some of those issues that are just kind of a constant, mm, when you can learn to, to step into that second mile there, supernatural stuff's going to start flowing. We got to get out of our way. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word. It is so challenging. And it truly is more than we can do on our own. On our best day, we can't do it. And if we could, it wouldn't be for long. And if we could, if we viol or someone violated it, we would go right into the R&R &R so quick. Lord, we need your restoration. We need your repentance. Lord, I ask, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for operating out of the eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth and feeling justified. Lord, I want to be someone who is giving justice and mercy like you do freely. Lord, help me to turn the other cheek. Help me to take that next mile. Not just do it grudgingly, but do it cheerfully. You love a cheerful giver. Lord, help me to give when I feel like they don't deserve it. So I can get out of the way and you can do your thing. Because we want you to do your thing way more than we want to do ours. Because we know when you do, it's supernatural. It's above our natural ability. And when you do it, you do it well. Lord, help us to apply this passage of Scripture particularly in our homes. As challenging as it is, 
if we can master, like James said, if a, if a person is able to master their tongue and keep their whole body in check, if we can master this in our home, it will have an effect on our whole life. And you will be glorified and seen. And that's what we want. Jesus, heal those who've been wronged. I pray for, that just your Holy Spirit would just, just grace us with forgiveness. Let your grace rest upon those, Lord, who've been wronged, Lord, who are struggling with that revenge and retaliation. Lord, bring your R&R, your repentance and restoration. We thank you for your word, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be dismissed. If there's um, anyone who has a need, if you have a prayer request or uh, you feel like maybe you know you need a healing, um, I'd love to pray with you. I'm not nothing special, but I will believe that the one who is special will touch you. Amen? You can be dismissed. Be blessed.